Guys, uh, we're going to talk about Faith Moves Mountains today, and I know that's been a series. Can I encourage you, if you haven't been here the last few weeks, catch up on the podcast, go to YouTube, uh, watch it. I know last week with Lucas Connell was such a powerful faith-building uh, day for our church, so, so make sure you catch up with that. I want to I tell you about someone you may have heard of, a guy called George Mueller. How many people have heard of a, of a guy called George Mueller? He was a preacher in the 1800s in England, in London, and and he had, as a preacher, one of the assignments that he had, because God gives all of us assignments, purpose, vision. One of the assignments he had was the feeding and, and education of orphans and introducing them into a relationship with Christ and also the Christian education for young people. And he uh, actually, over his lifetime, saw over 10,000 orphans being cared for in orphanages that he saw and that he believed God for provision. He started 117 schools so that so that people, young people, children could be educated and could receive a Christian education, uh, which covered over 120,000 people. He was a pioneer in this realm. And one of the great things that George Mueller did is he kept a diary of his prayer journals, and he kept the record of every time God answered a specific prayer. And over his lifetime, he has 50,000 documented answers to specific prayers prayers over his lifetime, 50,000. Uh, what, what's interesting is 5,000 of those prayers were answered on the day that he prayed them. That's 10%. That's probably about true, how prayer works. About 10% of the time, you'll get fairly immediate answers to your prayer. But then there are other moments, and he records a variety of times he just kept waiting on God and praying and waiting on God and praying. One person he prayed for to come to Jesus, into a relationship with Jesus, he prayed for for 63 years until that man eventually came into a faith relationship with Christ. So whether, whether it's uh, God answering your prayer today or if it takes 63 years or whatever it takes, remember Elijah, when he prayed, what, he, he, he prayed once and fire came from heaven. He prayed three times for the widow's son to be resurrected. He prayed seven times for, for the drought to be broken. So don't stop praying. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever your vision is, don't stop praying until he comes through. Can you just can you just agree with me today? We're going to not stop praying because breakthrough is coming our way in whatever your faith project is. And it might be a variety of different things. Maybe there's a, a situation for a loved one that you're believing God to intervene in that situation. Maybe it's for their salvation. Maybe there's a relationship you're believing God to be restored. Maybe there's a, a health crisis and you've had a bad report and you're believing for the stripes of Jesus Christ and the healing that you, is rightfully yours to be released. Maybe uh, there's been a, a vision that's burning in your heart and your faith project is to see that vision come to pass. Maybe uh, you're believing for doors to open into the next step of your destiny. Maybe there's a financial challenge or crisis and you need God to answer it. Whatever it is, I've found over and over again, the Bible teaches the way that God answers prayer is not as, very, as unusually instantaneously, but it's normally a journey of prayer and understanding the ways of faith. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. And I want us to read a, pas a passage of Scripture. 
We're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to look at 20 verses of an Old Testament story together. And I'll just give you a precursor to the story, because if you, we understand that Old Testament stories are usually, there's, there's themes that run through them to help us in our relationship with God and for principles for success in life. So in this story, it's a story of three kings. Uh, one is a king of, of Judah. He's a good king. His name's Jehoshaphat. He, he represents uh, the, Christ, the Christian faith, the Christian ways. The, the other one is called Jehoram. He's, a, he's the king of Israel, who's a fallen king. He's, a, he's an evil king. And he represents for us our flesh and the unbelief in our life that wants to stop us fulfilling God's purpose and plan for our life. The third one are the Moabites, and they are the evil ones. They, they, they're the ones who are against God's people, and, and that it represents the spiritual enemies that all of us have. Often in the Bible, the enemies of the Old Testament are representing spiritual enemies, demonic forces that stand against you and I as followers of Jesus. So let's open up, our, open up this scripture. On your, if it's on your device, you've got a Bible, or we're going to have it come up on the screen. So 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 4. If we could put that up, that would be great. Now, Misha, oh, it's going behind me. I'm going to come over here. Now, Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Wait, me. I'm going to read it off there. Go back. And the wool of 100,000 rams. Okay, next verse. We'll get this together. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jehoram went out of Samaria at the time and mustered all Israel. He's going to go and get his sheep. It's a big issue of provision going on here. Then he went and said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, the good king, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are. My people are your people. My horses are your horses. Then he said, which way will, she, will we go up? And he answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom, which is the bottom right-hand corner, if you're looking at a map, going up to, against the Moabites. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, three kings combined together, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, often the way. So here's this, this is a story of going after uh, the sheep and the provision that God has for that kingdom, okay? Often the way to, to, to our faith journey is a roundabout way. These guys take a roundabout route for seven days and then there's no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. Often when you begin a faith journey, when you begin believing God for a vision or something, what you start out believing for, there actually can become some short-term pain. We're trying to get the sheep back, but now we don't even have any water. All right, next verse. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord has called these three things together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Okay, this is the voice of unbelief. That's what he represents, the flesh inside of us. We're, we're believing God to do something amazing in our life. And we've started out on this journey, and now we've got no water. And unbelief says, oh, well, God just is trying to take you out. He's not even for you. He's not even going to look after you. Of course, you've got no water. And so there's, this, there's already tension. And here's the thing. God will create tension for each one of us. He'll put us into situations where we, where we get desperate because he wants to move on our behalf. He wants to act for us. All right, let's go to the next verse. But Jehoshaphat said, the good king, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, said, Elisha is here. He's the one who, who was basically servant to Elijah. Next verse. 
And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. They went to the man of God in this moment. Now, as Christians, we don't need to get a prophet every time we want to hear from God because God gives you and I the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, so essentially Jehoshaphat's going, we've got a problem, we better turn to God, let's get a prophet. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I got to do with you? He's not happy with the king of Israel, he's the evil king. Go to the prophets of your father, the prophets of your mother, who are all the prophets of the idols that they worship. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three things together, kings together to deliver them into the hands of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts live, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, he knows he's a good king, I would not look at you nor see you. He's really quite ticked at the other dude, all right? He's like, I'm not raiding you, but because Jehoshaphat's here, I'm going to prophesy, and only because Jehoshaphat's here. But now bring me a musician, nothing like anointed music to create an atmosphere to hear God. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Five more verses. He said, all right, here comes the message. Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. They've got no water, remember. Make this valley full of ditches. Next verse. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. So God's, God's got a plan here. Doesn't make sense. Where's the water going to come from? You just, do, you just dig the ditches. Leave the water to me. You, do, you dig the ditches. Next verse. And this is a simple matter. Oh, miracles are always simple matters to God. Seriously, when you sit where God sits, miracles are simple. They're easy. He, he sits above the natural. He's not restricted to your ways of making things happen and my ways of making things happen. He sits right above that. He sits, he's outside the limitations of time. He's outside the limitations of the dimensions of the world that you and I sit. God sits in the spiritual realm and it's a simple matter. Whatever you're thinking and facing and challenged with right now, it's a simple matter to God. All right, it's a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also, do, whoa, hang on, just back for a moment. You guys are good. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Next verse, thank you. And also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city. You'll cut down every good tree, stop up every spring of water, ruin every good piece of land with the stones. Now they're being used by God to bring judgment on the Moabites. That's part of the big picture. Next verse. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offered was offered that suddenly, suddenly, another. That's, I think that might well be my favorite word in the Bible. Suddenly. What you've got to understand is it takes God a long time to move suddenly. And our role in terms of our faith journey is to make sure that when God does move suddenly, we're prepared. We've, done, we've dug the ditches. We're ready. We've, got, we've got, done everything that we can do to get things into alignment because God's nature is to move suddenly. That's why he says, don't grow weary or lose heart because in due season, you will reap what you've sowed. If you don't lose heart, don't lose heart and walk away, but stay in the zone. I'm believing i'm preparing i'm waiting and then suddenly suddenly god's going to come for you favorite word one of my favorite words anyway i'm being a bit sanguine right now it's one of my favorite words that suddenly water came by way of edom the land was filled with water all right i've got four more verses and when all the moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border 
This is the enemies, spiritual enemies. This is principalities and powers that are resisting you and me and us in the plans that God has for us. They rose up early in the morning. The sun was shining on the water. The Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. Not only has God provided water for the cattle and the armies, but now he's taking the water and creating an illusion to the enemies of Israel in this moment. And they're seeing that they think it's blood. So watch what happens. They said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords. They've killed one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So they charge in, expecting to take all of their stuff away because they've all died. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites so that they fled before them and they entered their land, killing the Moabites. And that's the end of that particular story. Okay, they got in there. So they've, they've run in. They're thinking this is going to be awesome. And suddenly they're, they're just uh, uh, they're, they're bred for the, the soldiers, God's people. So I want us to look at this story. And I want us to think a few, take a few principles out of it. It's a long story, but I love it. It's a great faith story. The story, firstly, you've got to understand that this story is about them going because there's been a cutoff of their supply. And it's actually a story about sheep and about, uh, about rams and the provision realm. And you know, it's really important for you and I, for our own personal lives, that we have a sense of vision and purpose. It's so important. Faith is always about vision and purpose. Whatever your vision is, whatever your purpose for your life is, God's got something unique about your life that's significant. If you don't know what it is, He's wired you up with gifts and and abilities to serve Him for the kingdom of God. And if you're unsure, is it week three today in our next steps? If you're unsure about uh, what, what your wiring is, what your gifting is, how God's made you up for a greater purpose, then straight after this service and then tonight, we have what we call Next Steps Session 3. And that's really all about finding out what is God's purpose. It's called Discover Your Purpose. What is God's purpose for your life? How has He wired you up uniquely, different to the purpose beso- the per- person beside you? What we understand is when we discover that, that gift, we have, to then, we have to link it to a vision that's greater than us. And so I found this over and over again, when people can link their gift and their purpose to God's dream and God's vision, which is building the church to see people all throughout the world saved. When we link our purpose to the greater purpose of God, then time and time again, this is what I've seen. God doesn't fulfill your dreams. He exceeds your dreams. He's got dreams that are bigger than you've thought, dreams that you're bigger than you've actually comprehended yet for you to walk into. Okay, so that, that's purpose. But when we're going into a, a journey for purpose or a journey for vision, and our church has a vision together. Years ago, God spoke to, to our founder with a scripture and he said, he will make it glorious by the highway to the sea. People who sit in darkness will see a great light. Those upon us whom are under the shadow of death, upon them a great light will shine. God's made it clear since the foundation of this church that our church, we're not here for us. We're here for the Sunshine Coast and beyond for people who are under the shadow of death. People like Sally who've thought that God's all about sending them to hell, but actually God wants to rescue them, to bring them out of darkness, to give them light, to give them a purpose greater than themselves, and then in the discovering of that purpose to find that God takes them to a life that they could have only imagined in their own ability. And that's what God wants to do. It's our vision and our purpose. And so when we've got that vision and that purpose, it's a faith journey. Your story is a faith journey. Our story is a faith journey. And here's, here's the first thing I want us to understand as we look at this. When you're on a faith journey, no matter what goes on, 
God always has a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for that son of yours who's distant and away from God. He's got a plan for that marriage that's, that's struggling and doesn't seem to have any way forward. God has a plan to make a way forward in that marriage. He's got a plan for that, that health crisis that you're facing right now. God has a plan. He's got a, he's got a, a way forward. He's got a plan for the vision that He's planted in your heart. He has got a plan. You know, nothing happens in our lives where the Lord sits back and goes, huh, didn't see that coming. God's never surprised by the curveballs that our life throws up. He's never, he's never caught off guard by what happens in our life. He's always got a plan. And for you and I, our priority is to go, well, what's God's plan? What's God's plan? Years ago, uh, we, we had a, a prophecy, and I've told this story before, but about, about a house that God wanted to give us as a family um, that was different to the house we lived in. And Vicki Simpson prophesied. She's a prophet who came and she spoke this word. I've got this, God's got this awesome house. You might like the one that you're in, but he's got this amazing house for you. And it's got water views and, and it's going to actually give you a greater outlook on life and it will be spiritually significant. And so when we heard that particular vision, we began a journey of, of like, okay, God, we're going to do what, we're going to look for this house, we're going we're to take some steps of faith. And so we began moving towards the promise or the vision that God had planted in our heart. Along the way, uh, some things went down that really took us off guard. We, we sold our house by faith, thinking that immediately, suddenly, we were kind of thinking like, we do this, then we're going to walk into a suddenly. Isn't that nice? What I found out is that God's timing doesn't seem to align with our timing. Our concept of how God works, it doesn't seem to work. So, so we found ourselves, for, for a journey of about six months, really not having a house, actually moving from vacation rental to vacation rental, but remembering the promises that God had given us. And if I could say one thing to anyone who's on a faith journey right now, it's write down the promises that God's given you. Write down the scriptures, write down the things. This is, this is mine. This is the contract we ended up putting on the house that God led us to. And on every page is a scripture that God gave us in this six-month journey. Uh, the first one was he chose the promised land as an inheritance, proud possession of Jacob's descendants. Uh, I love this one. I want nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I look forward to your calling me father. That's what God wants, relationship. And I wanted you to never turn from me. He said, I want to bless you as my son, and I want nothing more than to give you this promise, this land. And so for us, Scripture after Scripture, God gave us. And as we went along, going from setback to setback, knockback from knockback, we had to keep going, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Whatever is happening in your faith journey right now, whatever's happening for us in our church's faith journey right now, we're on a faith journey together. We've, we've got some land that we're selling or God's spoken to us to sell it for $5 million. It's probably worth $1.5 million. I've got no idea from the beginning when God spoke that and gave us that picture, no idea of what he, how he was going to achieve that. But that's actually not my issue. That's not our issue. God's got a plan. He's got, he's got it worked out. When God said, I want to give you Power Road and the, the land all there and make an offer for $8 million, even though the owners want $20 million, they go, okay, good news, because God's got a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a plan for you. Whatever it is, he's got a plan for you. That's the first thought. Okay, God's got a plan. The second thing is we need to turn or tune into the Lord for his strategy. So the fact that God's got it 
is one thing, but the next thing is we actually need to tune in. What's his strategy? That's why he says, bring me some music. Create an atmosphere. If you've got a, if you've got a situation going on and you need God to, what, what's my strategy? Create an atmosphere. Don't just don't wait for someone to come and prophesy over you. That's that, that's that's the unusual way for God to speak to you. The, the normal way is He's going to bring His word. There's about five ways He's going to speak to you when you need to hear the strategy. He's going to give you a, a word from the scriptures that will prompt you with what to do. He will give you maybe He'll give you a dream in the night that will prompt you what to do. Maybe He'll give you a a vision as you pray and as you're praying you'll see what's happening in the spiritual realm while you're praying. Uh, maybe maybe you and your partner as you pray and talk will get in a, something will come become apparent to you or maybe it's a, someone who's a spiritual leader will be able to speak something to you that will help you I wonder or get the idea of your next step but God he's got a way so here's the thing tune in tune in create an atmosphere and tune in for us as we went for we found this house and we went for it and it was it was okay it was about three hundred thousand dollars more than our up our upward price God's got a plan. It's it two, it exactly $290,000 above our upward price. But God spoke to us. We had all these scriptures. And so what began to happen for us as we began to pray, I began to get visions. I, see, I, I, for me, and you might be different, but for me, I see things in the spirit realm when I'm praying. And I, as I'm praying, I saw three, over six months, I, th- I saw three different things. And each one helped me understand what's going on. The first thing I saw was an, uh, the army of angels walking down the street where we wanted to buy our house. And it was, I could just, it was a glimpse. And I saw this picture. And it's God, okay, we're walking, they're going down there. We're going to take possession of this house because it's a house that God's got for you. Okay, that's the first big picture. The next picture I saw, and it would be months later, and we're praying every day, believing God. Here's the thing. It's not a matter of a promise, and then we walk away and God fulfills it it's a promise and we get on our knees and we stay locked in in prayer until it comes to pass it's not it's now a partnership between us and God to see the answer come to place and so the the second picture I got I could see like in a a war in an army zone I could see uh, on top of this house that we felt God had given us uh, like sandbags and machine guns and we were walking in in spiritual warfare and lobbing grenades onto this so not flesh and blood but onto the principalities and powers that were locking this thing up for us those pictures are just giving me insight. God's strategy is persevere in prayer, persevere in prayer, persevere in prayer. And then the third picture I got was a removalist van backing up to this house, packing up these people and leaving. Now, what the, I'll tell you what was happening that was so encouraging in the natural. They dropped their price by $10,000. Woo! Big moment. We've only got 27 more moments like that and we'll be there, okay? And it was no way they were they were actually like get lost you're ridiculous what are you like it was it was quite offensive the agents like you're an idiot what are you doing this is never going to happen and so so we're in that zone but here's the thing God had a plan and He gave us a strategy and in the meantime we're doing everything to overcome the setbacks and the discouragement and the reports and that's the, that's the journey of faith you've got to work hard to pull yourself up out of the setbacks to get into the atmosphere of faith that's why coming to Wednesday night as a Vision Builders Gala forget about the giving side of it just come to hear someone who will create an atmosphere of faith around your life so you can see what God sees because you'll never you'll never see what God's seeing about your circumstances in life right now unless you get an atmosphere of faith around your life when you get the atmosphere of faith God will give you these little glimpses and you're like oh 
Oh, that's what's happening. It's nothing like that's happening down here on the natural level. But in the spiritual level, this is what's happening. And then one day comes a suddenly. So God, remember that, that. That point is we need to tune into the Lord for his strategy. The third thing, as we're going along here right now, is understand this. And so they tuned into the Lord. The Lord's strategy was dig a ditch. Okay, it was dig a ditch. Dig, digging the ditch was a step of faith. It was making way. It was preparing. God's going to do it suddenly. And so I find so often, time and time again, God will give you a step to take that's a step of faith that makes no sense unless on the inside you can sense the victory and with your spiritual eyes you can see what God's doing. So for us, selling our house and moving out of our house was a step of faith. That was digging a ditch. That was getting ready. There's, there's some supernatural supply going to come. We're do, you know what? As a church right now, we're doing something ridiculous. Okay? Because you'd have to say, digging a ditch with no sign of rain and God saying rain's not coming is ridiculous. Time and time again, the way of faith is ridiculous. And often fear masquerades as wisdom at this time. We're, fr- we're afraid. We're afraid because wisdom wouldn't step out of the boat because you're going to sink. But if Jesus calls you to step out of the boat, then his word trumps wisdom in a particular occasion like that because you're going to walk on water. So this is what we're doing right now. We're spending about $35,000 getting plans and things in place to build a building on Power Road. We're just, we've, as a board, we've just made this decision that we're, we're putting all these things in place. We've got Ian Dimon working and we're getting, our, we're getting about 10 different consultants ready to go. We're digging ditches. So the moment the miracles begin to happen, the moment God begins to move, we're prepared and we're not like t- 12 months behind the eight ball. We're ready to get moving. We're digging ditches. What's your ditch to dig? What do you need to do right now? Because and I believe even as I'm speaking, God will be speaking to you. The third thing to understand, and I love this, and it's, in, it's actually in verse 28 of this scripture. No, sorry, verse 20. And it says, Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly... Hmm. Hmm. Suddenly. When did the suddenly happen? straight after the offering. It's not coincidental. There's something about giving in the Bible time and time and time again that when someone steps out in faith and giving, it triggers a miracle. It unlocks a miracle. This is, this is the wisdom of God. This is a woman giving her, her last oil and bread to, to the prophet and, and then she's about to die and that offering moment triggers, unlocks a miracle for her. This is the way of God. Time and time again, the way of faith goes, okay, it wouldn't be wise to do what God's telling me to do right now, but it's actually the way of faith and my giving. So often people think my giving is going to create a ball and chain on my future and my finances. But in actual fact, my giving is a key that unlocks me from the chains that will hold me back and releases me into a new day. This is the way of God. Hmm. Suddenly, 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 we need to tune into God for his strategy, but our offerings often unlock the miraculous in our life. The, the fourth thing here is the miracle of provision releases victory on a wider scale. The miracle of provision. Here, here's the deal. They needed water to stay alive short term, but the bigger battle was taking out the Moabites. 
They didn't realize that their short-term miracle would create a domino effect for the bigger miracle. They didn't realize that what God was doing in, in the right here and now problem that they faced of not having enough water. I find found time and time again, God often gets you fighting one battle that will domino, it will trigger, it will release more and more miracles. And can I say for us as a church, as we're believing God, so this is what I believe is happening in the spirit realm. Even this Wednesday night as we gather, we make commitments to God, we, we step out in obedience to be part of what He's doing with our church. I believe it triggers something in the supernatural for the release of the miracle of our land and everything that we're doing. It releases things, our obedience. But at the same time, what we've got to understand is the land's the short-term thing. The land's not the main thing. The, man, the land's the secondary thing. The buildings are the secondary thing. It's the faith that's created in the provision and the miracle of the provision that helps us do the main thing. And the main thing is people all over the Sunshine Coast who don't know Jesus yet. It's an atmosphere of faith. This is what I've found as we bring it to a close. And if I could get the musicians to come up here. It's the atmosphere of faith that's created through the small victories that creates an atmosphere in the house because it's faith that people need to respond to Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's faith that people need to, to know that, yeah, if, if God really wants the best for me, He can do some little things. He can do some secondary things, but it, it's a, a domino effect. And so what happens is we believe God. This is the kinds of churches in Australia right now. In fact, right through the Western world, the churches that are reaching people for Christ are churches who, believe, who have an atmosphere of faith, who know how to believe God for, for what are, seem like secondary issues, finances, health, those sort of things. They're, they're, they're secondary issues, but they flow on into creating an atmosphere where the main thing happens, and that's people coming to Jesus. The enemy go. The enemy sees what God does, and it puts a shudder of fear in his back because he, down his back because he knows what God's doing for us as a church right now in this season. Can we close our eyes together? Jesus, Jesus. Our miracles being unlocked in people's lives. There's miracles being unlocked for us as a church right now. I'm so grateful. Father, I pray that faith would rise. I pray that in every heart there would be a, a determination to stay the course of prayer, to stay the course of believing. It'd be a determination to not believe what we see with our natural eyes, but to believe what we've seen in the realm of the Spirit. To prepare for it, to dig ditches, to make a way for your suddenly, for your suddenly, for your suddenly. Let faith rise in this house, let it rise in our hearts. I'm wondering if you're sitting here right now and just as I've been preaching, God's been speaking to you about taking a step of faith. 
There's something you need to do in the miracle that you're believing God for, that your faith journey, it's like, that's the ditch I need to dig. That's the thing I need to do. Can you just put your hand up and you're like, yep, God's speaking to me about some steps I need to take of faith. Fantastic, lots of people. It's wonderful. This is we come to a close, the most important step of faith that anybody could possibly take is stepping towards Jesus in a relationship with Him. That's the beginning point of every miracle. That's the beginning point of every turnaround. It's the beginning point of you and I finding our purpose and finding our destiny. And so what I'm wondering here right now as we come to a close and our eyes are closed, I want to give us an opportunity today to respond to God's love for us. Whether you're in a dark place, whether you're finding yourself overwhelmed by your circumstances, or whether you just find yourself drifting along in life, there's no sense of purpose then today can I tell you that God wants to come into your heart and He wants to come into your life to give you that. Father, I pray right now for each person in this room who's away from you. I'm asking that you'd move on their heart, Holy Spirit. I'm asking for the stirring of God right now. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're saying, John, this morning, I don't actually have a relationship with God. And I want that relationship you're talking about. Something's missing. In a moment, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And that prayer is asking for Christ's forgiveness and asking God to come into your life. Maybe you've once walked with God. Maybe you did grow up in a, a school, or a Christian school or a church or Sunday school or something. But you know right now you're not right with God. It's one thing to believe in your head that God's real. But there's another to actually know in your heart and have faith in Him. And today I'd love to help you step over that line from your head to your heart and to connect with God. Not in a religious way, but in a life-giving way. Maybe you're here this morning, you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. And you want to be sure in your heart. I'd love to include you in this prayer. It's way too important to be unsure about so this is what I'm going to get us to do. If that's you right now, in a moment, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. I'll say, I see it. You can put it down. And then we're all going to pray a prayer together. We're going to pray with you as you invite God into your life. If you're watching online and you want to do this right now, be part of this moment as well. So if that's you, you're saying, John, I want a relationship with God. I want Him to come into my heart. Or I want to come back to Christ. Or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. Just raise it up. So that's me. I need that relationship with God you're talking about. I want to connect with God. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Wherever you are right now, if that's you, just say, yep, that's me. I need God in my life. I need God in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. You're moving in people right now. Moving in people right now. You'll feel God knocking on the door of your heart. There's an impression, a stirring that today is your day to get right with Him. I'd love to pray for you. All right, can we keep our eyes closed? I want, to pray. I want us to pray together right now. Church, I want you to pray this prayer for someone that you know who you're believing to come to Christ, that as we're stepping out with God, miracles are being unlocked for them. So let's pray this with faith. And if you're watching online and you're wanting to pray this for the first time, pray along with me. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, 
I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry, and I'm turning to you today to follow you with all my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and God's power. I thank you today that I am forgiven, that I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Church, God bless you. Uh, Why don't you stand to your feet as we come to a close. Jeremy, come and help us right now.